0: Welcome to episode 64 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. My name is Jesse Munner and tonight I am joined by Lorne the Saboteur McLean.
1: A ticket to peep shows. <laughs> Who wants to come along?
0: Without context?
1: Also, I've been watching, I've been watching so yeah, a, the Saboteur, that's the context. You already said it. I've been watching so much Breaking Bad that when you said Jesse, I was just Pinkman just right away. I and mean, then you didn't say Pinkman and I got really Da-da. like, what's up? Where's the Pinkman?
0: Also anyway. joined by Simon Heisenberg Evans. This is Heisenberg Nintendo from Breaking 64.
1: Bad? Yeah.
0: Oh, shit. You've got a, you've got a saying. It, it's been taken, though. It's been taken, But I like it. <laughs> Keelan, you better bring some heat. Keelan Simpson, everybody. Okay, Jesse. No, I have to no point heat, out a problem. No heat. I'm going to point Luke out a Warm. problem. Let's change the name to Lucas Warm. You
2: should have said I was Heisenberg.
0: I got the yeah, bald why? head.
2: The meth Everyone problem. Everyone, lots of people have
0: bald head. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> the <laughs> meth problem. <laughs> <laughs> the one. Okay. Heisenberg didn't have a meth problem. He had a meth problem. Well, okay.
2: he, exactly.
0: His problem was meth based. <laughs> mm. meth-based. <It's> meth-based. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't record on Mondays. We're all a little bit work and now we're all weird. We all had work. Yeah. That's what it is. How are you all doing? I'm
1: really worried I'm going to run
0: over all my games. <laughs> <Lauren laughs> so for those is listening, very busy. Lauren, Lauren is currently sorting through piles and piles of various video games, hence us talking about the Saboteur. And she's in a, a fancy secret lab chair and I think she's worried about rolling over them. No,
1: they're all moved yeah, out of the way now. I'm prepared. Prepped.
2: Let's I have to work. point out, Lauren, I'm very sorry for our listeners at, at home. Lauren is where uh, he's sitting on a very fancy secret labs chair like Jesse just said, and the mm. headrest is upside down. So the logo is yeah. upside
0: down. Wait, mine is or yours is?
1: Mine is, no. Yeah, Lauren's is. Oops.
2: Didn't mean that. But we're good yeah. otherwise, right? Right, guys? We're
1: totally fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's just been it's been a, it's been a a time. <laughs> But... I've had a very good a t-
3: weekend, personally. You've had
0: a very good weekend, and we're going to get to that in a moment, yes. in a very much uh, locked away <laughs> section of the podcast that can be <laughs> taken out and consumed individually if you're into that particular morsel of content. Yes. <laughs> Why am I talking like this? I don't know. That was very Monday. weird. We have a lot of video game news, so it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a bit of a uh, a tapas of news. A lot of little things today. A lot of little things. Snack away with your friends. First up, Ubisoft uh, going free to play. They're gonna be focusing on yeah. free to play games going forward. Now, this announcement comes off the back of Ubisoft announcing that the upcoming division spinoff slash sequel Heartland. Um, will be free to play with a publisher hoping to follow in the footsteps of Activision's Warzone. Do you guys know much about Heartland? No. No. None of you guys are really Division fans. No. nah, not for me. Division Division 2 was really, really good. I, look.
1: There's so many games that I remember the trailers from, from E3, that I was like, dude, that game looks sick as hell, and then I just never played it, and Division was one of them.
0: It was, hey, it is...
3: It's, pretty damn good. I think I think I lost interest in Division when they were like,
0: oh, it's not political. It, wh- okay, it- where's your <laughs> home base? The White House. Huh. huh.
3: Okay. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and your entire premises, um, those who had guns would be okay. Is up. Uh,
0: hmm. it's, it's whole mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Now, as per pcgamer.com, Ubisoft Chief f- <laughs> I was going to say Chef Chef financial officer? <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Chief financial officer Frederick Dugo said during today's earnings call that the company's previous commitment to release three to four premium AAA games per year is no longer a, pr- a proper indication of Ubisoft's value creation dynamics, whatever that means. Instead, while it will continue to maintain a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases... The goal is to grow audiences by widening our brand at the top of the funnel. In other words, convincing more people to try Ubisoft games by making them free at the entry level. It's a financial decision, Ubisoft CEO Yves Gamont said. The company's revenues are more and more recurring, referring to player purchases within games that are often free to play and their growing importance compared to a single purchase premium games. But DeGo said the company is not looking to cash in on low budget work we are building high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards AAA ambitions over the long term.
2: Trending towards AAA ambitions, ambitions over the long term. What does that mean?
0: I've got no clue what they're doing here. Like okay, Ubisoft we have issues with them as a company as a whole, but let's just look at at this at their games right now. They have some of the most beloved franchises with some of the most just uh, Die-hard fan bases. You got Far Cry, which is a game that I think Lauren and myself <laughs> would die and or kill for. Correct. Assassin's Creed, uh, Watch Dogs, <laughs> Tom Clancy's ad word here. Yeah. Tom, Tom Clancy's Clancy. whatever. Just Tom Clancy himself. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if I just mentioned Watch Dogs. These are massive games. These are event games that come out, and they they they've they'd really fixed up their uh their cycle. You know, Assassin's Creed now coming out every two years basically rather than every year has helped freshen up the, s- the series yes the last one that came out was way too long way Oof. way way too long mm-hmm. but it was good mm-hmm. it was really enjoyable Watch Dogs is going in a really interesting direction while the last one that came out had a few issues it was bold the whole choose who you want to be and far cry is perfect and the next game is going to have um speaking of bre- breaking bad it's going to have um uh, Gus Fring in it. What's
1: John? John? John Carlo? John Carlo Esposito.
0: Esposito. Yeah. In it. So, like, that, that's trending so, upwards. You know, Jesse, uh, you I, don't
2: I don't want to get too alarmed about what they might be doing here with these big fa- fan favorite franchises. Like, why would you change Far Cry? That thing prints money. It's fantastic. But well, they did change you, it.
1: They're going to change it back, damn it.
2: Well, <laughs>
1: maybe. It back.
2: But. <laughs> more more um on on the um you mentioned something earlier as you were describing everything you said tom clancy i really think there's an opportunity there for a whole bunch of free-to-play games so if they have that the tom clancy license they've got a lot of shit there they've got a lot of great
0: free-to-play ideas they can turn into games but great concepts think, the thing is with that and i agree with that but they keep cutting... To, like, they're eating their own lunch on that one. Because all the Tom Clancy games are quite similar. Yeah. I think as, as like, more narrative-based games, like, sorry, no, no premium AAA titles, you can do different stuff with them. But to fit into a free-to-play sort of format, they do need to do relatively the same things. And it becomes a bit... A bit muddy. I really well, hope The Division doesn't go in this fully. And... It's so last year was it? Year before no, it was last year. A bunch of the higher ups at Ubisoft got given the boot um, for various reasons. A lot of them it came out that a lot of them were also hindering sort of creative license. So it's really annoying that now that they've opened themselves to be a little bit more open with their ideas, this is the route they're going down for the financial gain of it. And okay. I get wanting to make the next Warzone is. I mean, you'd be stupid not to. It makes sense. That makes sense with one. Like, do the division. Cool. That makes sense, guys. You made Hyperscape last year. Yeah. You know how long it took me to remember what the name of that game was. I we did, played totally it, and was, it
3: was until you mentioned it.
0: It was highly forgettable, and I know yeah. Ubisoft has a bunch of like small titles they could bring out free to play. But even then, like, um, they got Roller, something, the Roller Derby game, Roller Champions, and Brawl Hauler, and stuff like that. Made them free to play, but. The way that they've announced this seems like this is a very company like developer-wide dancer taking.
3: It certainly reads like that, Jesse. It does. It, it does. does. Um look, my my personal opinion is that frankly, I don't think they'll they're not gonna commit to the bit. Not fully anyway. What they're going to do is they're gonna go, oh hey, look, we're also expanding our triple A brands. To include free-to-play mobile games or whatever, you know, free-to-play experiences, but the core, you know, stupid amounts of money for your Assassin's Creeds, your Far Cries, your Tom Clancy insert edgy name here, all of that stuff is gonna remain. I think you're still going you're still gonna get your watchdogs. You're still gonna get those core gameplay experiences that you want 100%. out of Ubisoft but I think they're just going to expand the brand into mobile areas, much like Pokemon has done with things like Pokemon Go and Pokemon Quest and that sort of stuff. They did get rid of the
1: indie titles. The indie, indie, uh, whatever, Valiant Hearts was under.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, What
0: was that? I completely banked that because they brought up some really good games through that. Some really good
1: games through games through that. And then they just dropped it. They dropped it pretty quickly.
0: So I mean, you bring up a really good point about mobile. I didn't actually think about that because I found a lot of companies have recently announced um, steps to move toward more mobile ambitions. I think during the lockdown and stuff like that, a lot more people became gamers and a lot of that would be via mobile because a lot of people don't have consoles and they've never really considered or taken the time to play games. What's the easiest way to do it? Oh, you get a computer in your pocket, play it on that. Mm. Yeah. So I think there's a really big untapped market, well, slightly tapped market <laughs> to get into. So you may see some bigger companies trying to break into that. Hmm, that's an interesting point there. I mean, and we've seen games released with sort of a free-to-play microtransaction model um, recently to great success, like uh, Genshin Impact. Free-to-play. If you want to spend money on stuff, go for it. If you don't, don't. There's a lot, and of- I think games like that that they're trying to
2: replicate warframe genshin like you mentioned like those are those are the kinds of experiences i think the ubisoft can accommodate within what they've got already and the 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 great thing is because Mm. they've got these franchises established they can take those and say this is a free-to-play game based in the assassin's creed universe and then yeah work it out from there that's that's what i think we're going to see that's what i want to see
0: like, remember the, um, those mini Assassin's Creed games they made? They made yeah, one the in cruncles. China, they had India, yeah. and they had another one that I always forget. Yeah, give us more stuff like that, that fleshes out the world, and oh, that'd be good. I, I think, I don't think they'll be looking to do the whole loot box thing. They're not going to go full EA on this one, hopefully. Um, because a lot of places are looking to make, uh, any games with loot boxes R18 plus or very high ranking because they're going to be potentially classified as gambling. So I think if Ubisoft is looking long-term, they're not going to do something that's going to be quite short-sighted. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see it because, look, microtransaction in games can be shit when done wrong, but they also can be done in a way that's not too invasive. Like, you can play it without it. It still has issues, but, look, it's not the end of the world sort of thing. I, I think it's fine. Hopefully they go down a bit of a healthier route with this. I oh, know I'm interested to see what they bring. Me too. Uh, next up, we got all little little bits of Sony news this week. Little tiny little nibbles from Papa Sony. What? That was creepy. <laughs> look, <laughs>
3: you made that sound so much fucking weirder <laughs> than it needed to this, be.
0: The Sony has. Look, I'm not even. I don't even want to go where I'm going to go there. I'm just I'm throwing myself into the, the prison of words. they will be
3: fan out of this at some point or another.
0: <laughs> no God, <laughs> it's gonna be me like um uh, like Luke Skywalker drinking that blue milk from that big space oh, seal, God. just milking its teats for blue milk. But it's gonna be Sony and me, and it's a whole thing. I'll draw it. Ah, uh, okay, just draw it. <laughs> now that's that's the mental image. Now. Sony is apparently looking to release more than twenty-five PlayStation Five games under its PlayStation Studios brand, with nearly half not being sequels or spin-offs. So we've already got Horizon, Ratchet and Clank, God of War, Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo Seven. They would be part of that, I believe. So it's twenty-one more games, with nearly half not being. Oh my god, it'd be so Probably, good, maybe.
2: dude! That number. That, that would be good. Um, nearly half being not related to existing. Fr- that's.
3: Freaking that's new, That's exciting. New IPs. Yeah, and that's big. Um, but it's also risky, actually. It's very yeah. risky. A new IP is always a risk. And you can see that with Days Gone, where if it doesn't take off immediately, then, you know, companies can be a bit iffy about the future of the franchise. And then the um, developer
1: will yell at you years later.
3: Yeah, yeah. The, the, he
0: didn't buy my game on day one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> Even though historically it's proven that buying a game on day one is the worst way to get the game, but that's neither here nor there. Um, creating new <laughs> IPs. <laughs> Hot take.
0: Um, I've been playing too many games lately, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, 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 let's just stop for a moment. I'm playing too many games. I think somebody needs to have an intervention with me. I'm buying like two a week. <laughs> like, Jesus, man. We're not two a week. Maybe it's averaging to like one and a half, but like Pokemon Snap Returnal. Uh, oh. Resident Evil. Evil, Mass Effect. Next week, I'm going to get a Biomutant
3: Okay. Why yeah. don't I have money? Ah, uh, <laughs> real mystery, buddy. Real mystery.
0: <sighs> hey, um, go on. This anyway, I want to buy all 25 of these fucking games as well. <laughs>
3: But the thing is, is with a with new IP, it's it's such a double-edged sword, is that if it's successful, it's awesome, and it takes off, and, you know, profits are huge. Um, it also allows great creativity from development staff and team members, which is nothing but a good thing. But then, of course, if it fails, even if it's a cool concept, and it doesn't do great, commercially speaking, then, you know... Executives and shareholders get a bit stroppy and go. Oh, ah, yeah. there goes my third mansion this week. Uh, and cry about it. Um, and yeah, it's. I'm hopeful that Sony take the creativity route and go. I want to see creative projects come out of this because I will mm. always, even if I don't necessarily play the game itself, I will always appreciate that and be like, oh, that's a really cool yeah. game idea. I, I like really.
2: That. I I really think that this is Sony leaning into their identity that they've forged over the past (laughs) generation. Mm -hmm. This is them saying, okay, we're known for producing these massive, stellar, critically well-regarded AAA single-player games. Let's lean into it. Let's do more of that. We just had news of Ubisoft moving to -to free-to-play for a lot of their, you know, catalog. Um, Sony's going to be one of the biggest publishers Out 25 Mm. freaking games. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm so keen to see what they do with this. If even just like three of them are good, that is a
0: win. That's that's still pretty good.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we're heading away, or hopefully heading away from this whole console war kind of generation now. Like I feel like now pushing those 25 titles, we're getting further away from well why doesn't Xbox because we know that they're doing their own thing in terms of game pass and making all these other games fully accessible um so i like that now it's becoming much more of like a fork like yeah yeah and now like yeah it's it's good it's good to see like yeah I looking think- through all the different titles that could potentially get sequels out of this and everything it's just like okay cool you can justify like obviously now it means you really you don't okay you don't have to but you kind of have to have the two consoles, you know, as you can't just get Xbox and be like, Oh, I'll play the games that come to it. Like now it's almost forcing your hand to go towards Sony. If you haven't already, which sucks for, um, everyone who doesn't have a PlayStation five. Cause like, mm-hmm. they're so awful in, in demand at the moment. But, um, yeah, hey, I'm excited. It's now, I'm actually like excited about the future of Sony. Whereas before I was like, I'm an Xbox person. Like, Whatever, they mm. can do whatever they want. Now I'm like, gimme PlayStation Games. Agreed.
0: It's such a cool like I think a lot of people, especially when you're on like social media and stuff like that, people get sucked into the whole console war thing again. Oh, yeah. and it's like, guys, let's just not do that. Mm. This is a really cool time just to like games. Cause we're getting some kick ass hardware, companies are taking risks. Like this is an exciting time. Um I think when you mentioned, you know, uh each company taking off on their own path a little bit, I completely agree with that, but something I really like from Sony is we're starting to see more and more stuff it looks like it's coming to PC so it looks like um they've got their own like steam page now there's like a PlayStation Steam page with a lot of working around that are a bunch of quote- unquote exclusives return to PC. Don't get angry about that when you hear that I've seen people getting raging out just. I'm happy that other people can play these games. Like, yeah,
3: that's exactly the point.
0: Like, Keelan, have you played, you haven't played like, say, Miles Morales and you really haven't played like Ratchet and Clank and stuff like that. Uh, But I'd love to. Uh, And I would love you, I would love if you could because then we could talk about it. Yeah. I I had such a cool experience with these games. I want people I know, I want my mates to play. I want, you know, some of these games to get enough hype to warrant sequels and stuff like that. And I, the other thing I like with this announcement is it kind of goes in the face of, what came to light during the whole Days Gone fiasco a few weeks ago? Um, sorry. So that sort of brought to light the whole Last of Us 1 possible remaster. The team mm-hmm. from Days Gone sort of being pulled apart to, to to do that. And there was a lot of worry that Sony was suddenly going to be leaning on remakes and remasters of old, you know, very well regarded games, but not going down that creative route, like we said. this sort of flies in the face of that. So, mm. I'm hopeful of it. And look, I'm, I'll, just, I'll just pre-order them all now. I also wonder how far any of these are down the pipeline. Like, are these 15 years away? Is this one of those things where they got all that bad press and said, okay, we're going to green light 25 of these things. Let's go. Also, I just realized I think Keener Bridge of Spirits will be one. Uh, pretty yeah, sure oh, that PlayStation yeah. Studio is. Yeah, also, have you guys right. seen the PlayStation Studio's logo? Like, it come up on the PS5? It's just the Marvel logo. No. Like the way it all like folds up, and you know, you see bits and blibs from other games. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, no, now, Marvel
3: onto something good. We'll give them
0: that. Marvel, Marvel's, Marvel's taken off. They're doing yeah. all right. Then, um, Lauren, you mentioned the uh, scarcity of the PS Five. Hmm. So that's due to a shortage of semiconductors, apparently. Do I know what a semiconductor does? No fucking clue. But it's making the PS Five super rare out in the wild. So Sony's looking to tweak the design a bit to assist with shortages. So according to DigiTimes, which is apparently the Digimon newspaper, (laughs) semiconductor manufacturer TSMC is planning on producing a redesigned PS5 at some point in the second and third quarters of next year. Uh, According to their sources, the redesigned PS5 could sport new silicon with a new semi-customized CPU from AMD built on the 6-nanometer process node The current PS5 uses a 7 nanometer custom octa-core AMD Zen 2 processor. None of that makes sense to me. Basically, the rumor going around as sources are saying that the new PS5 that will come out end of next year will be slightly more efficient and slightly more powerful just because this chip will be easy to make.
1: Basically,
0: yeah. Cool, yeah. Am I I, I, going to have to buy another PS5? No, no.
2: No, 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 no! It's not going Good. to be faster. Do you, you, you can't do that. That's like with the switch and the switch light. It's got to be the same <laughs> One, product, yeah. because it needs to run the same software.
0: Now, okay, that's going to make them easier to get because yeah, people are still having a lot of trouble. I didn't actually know how bad it was still here in Australia. I know in the states people are you know tearing each other apart to get them. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad in Australia until we spoke about it pre-show, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are still in line for
2: them. Yeah. This decision is primarily made so that Sony can match and or beat the PS4's second year sales. And they probably will.
0: Yeah, I mean the uh, 20 is extremely well right now.
2: Exactly, it's do- it's doing incredibly well, but the problem is they just can't make enough consoles because they don't have all the parts for
3: it. In fact, um I saw a sales report for I think it was um April and the Switch Switch Lite PS4 and Xbox Series S outsold the PS5 because there was just no consoles available just no con-
0: but the thing is like That's while they are greater. selling it the demand is there for the PS5 absolutely it's Microsoft or Xbox would be kicking themselves that they don't have like a killer ip right now because people are looking for the next gen console. A lot of them are waiting on the PS5. This would be such a perfect time to hit back and grab those first adopters really we early need, in. Need that Halo. Need that they Halo. They need that Halo or they. But at the same time, Sony's going to want this redesigned PS5 or at least the shortages to end before we get, you know, confirmation on like a Starfield date. Oh, God. So it's, a, it's an interesting race, um, to, to see what happens here. But another question I have for you guys is, do you think the redesign will look different? No. Zero I chance. hope
3: not. <laughs> no. Not
2: well, wait, that's happen.
0: interesting. T- that's, wait, sorry, Simon. Just an interesting take. You hope not? Is that because mm. you want everyone to have this um, bizarre I, I like, alien I, egg? Yeah, I like, this little,
3: I like this little alien spaceship in my living room. Okay, for one, let's cool.
0: not use the word little when we talk about the PS5. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I'm saying in terms of, like, spaceships, it's small. That is true. It's a pretty- small spaceship. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I like having this alien spaceship thing in my living room at the moment. It's good. It's fun. It has grown on me. Yeah. I I was always a fan of the design. It looks weird enough to be next, to be next gen. Like, it's futuristic enough that you go, oh, yeah, that's that's a new thing. That looks cool. And there you go. So I hope they don't change it much. If they do, maybe make it a little tiny bit smaller so (laughs) it can fit under... You know, into your TV stands, perhaps a little bit better. But other than that,
0: I don't want them to change the design. Keelan, you just reckon they won't change it purely because of how um, sort of functional the design is? Um, so
2: I was watching a video on Linus Tech Tips today. Uh, great source of knowledge. That Friends guy. of the show,
0: I've decided.
2: Um, and he spoke a little bit about how expensive it is to make tooling for a product like even something simple like just to create the tools necessary to bulk manufacture a product is millions and millions and millions of dollars mm. why would they change that when what they're trying to do is essentially just create more of what they've already got and hopefully save a little bit of cost in there as well i don't think they'll they'll change anything major on the outside anything maybe it's slight little tiny aesthetic changes but it's going to be the same size they spent millions in R&D on the cooling uh, solution which works effectively in the PS5 yeah. there's no reason to change what ain't broke not yet you, at least. You
0: long, are you going to wait for this or are you still after just the, the current next gen version uh, can, we also, can, well, sorry, can we stop calling this PS5 and the Xbox Series X next gen
1: it can't gen be current next gen.
0: they've been out for 6 months the current gen, but are you yeah, looking forward I'm to the gonna, next I'm gen? gonna
1: search for one until I can find one, and if that happens to actually have to be next year, then so be it. But um I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna keep a lookout for everything, everything whenever I can. I saw like I felt really shit because like I saw a tweet maybe last week from um, Press Start saying that they were restocking soon, and I looked at it and I went. I don't have any money. <laughs> I can't oh. even like pretend to like that put it in my cart, you know. You know, like sometimes you're like I could afford this but I'm dipping into my bill payments. But it's like, you know, I didn't even have bill money. <laughs> I didn't have anything. I was like, no.
2: Yeah, this is yeah. not a, um impulse buy type thing. No, oh, it's yeah. not.
1: It's not. See, my Wii U, that was an impulse. That was my, my fortnightly Centrelink pay money when I was at university.
0: <laughs> How much was the Wii U when it came out?
1: $440 it was. So, I, yeah, I remember um, on my way home from Geelong we stopped in at Water Gardens um, and we went into the Target there and I looked at it with um, my ex at the time and we were just like, should we – should we should – <laughs> and so I bought it and I was, you know, once again I didn't have any money because <laughs> I, lived, I lived in Geelong by myself at that point and that was – but I had a Wii U were you?
3: <laughs> yeah, and you've got one of the worst games that's ever graced
0: Nintendo.
1: I never played it. I only. What is Amiibo?
0: It so, so for Amiibo. people listening at home, Lorne has just reached off screen and brought up a copy of Amiibo Festival. Animal just Crossing I, Amiibo
3: I, uh, Festival. I want to Animal Crossing
0: Amiibo Festival, which I assume she carries on with her at all times with the speed yeah. that she's grabbed. That what <laughs> is it, Simon? Simon, you're saying it's one of the worst games.
3: Yes. So it is. Imagine Mario Party, but it's not fun and it's even more pointless. And you have even less control. And there Ooh. aren't even any mini games. You got there Amiibos isn't with even, it. That's the only good thing is that it comes with a couple of like you can get
1: why i bought it that's
3: fine it was that's ten dollars
1: it was ten dollars and ah. i had three amiibo cards with it and plus ah. three amiibo yeah. cards special amiibo cards and then also two amiibos themselves and That was yeah, ten
3: I, I bought a chibi robo ziplash for the 3ds which is again an awful game purely for the amiibo because it was ten dollars at um jb hi-fi for the box at that point I'm like, yeah, go i, on, I was grab like, that
1: obsessed with the Amiibo card. So I was like trying to get them left, right, and center. i was like, absolutely. That's a no-brainer.
0: Well, speaking of um, semi-pointless purchases, I think I'm going to buy one of these new PS5 co- controllers because they look very sweet. Oh, so Sony have nice. announced Midnight Black and Cosmic Red PS5 controllers as per the PS blog. Midnight Black features two subtly different shades of black with light grey detailing to reflect how we view space through the night sky. God, this is wank. And Cosmic Red offers a striking black and red design inspired by the unique vivid shades of red found throughout the cosmos. You can put any colour there. All colours are found in space. Colour of space. Like the film. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Now, these are going to be available next month, uh, June 18th, uh, at EB Games. $109 for Midnight Black and $119 for Cosmic Red, because red costs more, apparently. How do you guys feel about these... I'm normally really iffy with custom uh, color controllers, but these are pretty sweet.
1: No, I reckon they're really cool.
3: Yeah, I love that (laughs) red thing. Yeah. I am a big fan of the black, personally. Um, I also saw someone recently who had custom faceplates, pure black faceplates, matte black faceplates for their uh, PS5. They put them on, and I was just like, oh, that with that black controller would be Mm. gorgeous to look at, Mm because that was... That was something else. That was a shit kiss.
1: As, as much as I love coloured controllers, I hate when they don't match the console.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I got the, um,
1: um, Josh got me as a gift, a uh, random gift one day, The um, uh, like the bubble gum, the blue and purple the blue PS4 purple controller. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like um, I was wanting that for ages and it was never in stock and then it came back in stock and he got it for me and I opened it two days after we got the PS5 and I have not used it. <laughs> Just sits there.
0: I really want that uh, lime poison acid green oh, Xbox, Xbox controller. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I I, I kind of go the other way because so the PS5 design is is insane. It's absolutely crazy. But these colour choices of the controllers are very muted. Yeah. it's a bit of a shame. I, I want something a little bit Look, if my console looks like that, give me some sort of bombastic right. colour. Oh, you know what would be restrained. really good? Purple, yeah. story mode purple.
3: Or even like a neon blue. Because... Go there's with the enough, lighting. Yeah, there's enough of, of the lighting. I think that would look really good. And then that would have, look alright. Then have the lighting on the controller be white. Anyway. Give me
0: a semi-transparent one like the old Game Boy.
3: Ah, yeah. That is one of my favourite things about the Switch I, Pro yeah. controller. Is that it's semi-transparent and mm. it is...
1: That is cool.
0: I don't want it needs to, it needs to go the whole hog if they're going to do it. Make it make the bad boy transparent and not one of those stupid stickers that you put on there and add it adds insult to you and says that you're poor. What's that Dude, brand? I would D love brand. to I see
2: the little what? the resistive triggers and stuff like being able to kind yeah, of see
0: on resisting. the inside. Yeah, that, that would
3: be really cool.
0: Uh, wait, have you guys seen the? I think it's D brand. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, they're a company that sells like stickers and stuff like that and. uh vinyls and stuff to put on your switch and your, console and your controls and stuff like that but their marketing is really like abrasive and edgy and i i, I look at their stuff like oh well, wow, that looks amazing and then you go in there and there's like yeah we've got the things you want and you have the money we want it's like fuck off nerd <laughs> haven't you seen their customer you a service sticker.
2: that Sorry? like they'll oh. someone will complain to them on twitter or something they'll, they'll be like well suck eggs dickhead it's
0: yeah, just, it's, that's oh, how
2: it is. It's, but it's
0: so weird because they're, they're, people stick with them though because their product's good. It's like that dumpling restaurant I went to in Melbourne. I can't remember what it was called, but I ate a staple. Why well, chewed it a staple? And they gave me like five dollars off, but I didn't care. I'm like, I'll pay for the full meal because it's good. <laughs> but you ate a staple. <laughs> I didn't yeah. swallow the staple. Okay, I, that's, ate, that, I chewed. That doesn't matter. It. Well, that's basically what they study as
2: well. well. Well, he's. What did he. The guy said something along the lines of, oh, it happens. Yeah, that happens. That happens. Like, sometimes. like they had the, the steam well, basket and apparently.
0: Because they had the steam basket and the staple flicked out. It was a really good dumpling, Simon. But this place like, really right, no, 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 the service. Okay. It doesn't like they they it, would swear if, to, sta- um, to customers.
3: It doesn't <laughs> matter if the dumpling tastes like it has fallen from the heavens itself. It, it's Apparently going it does. to kill you because it's a choking hazard. It didn't <laughs> because there
0: kill are me. staples in it.
2: No one died, well, Simon. No one died.
1: Yeah. It was a good dumpling.
0: It was a good dumpling. Veget, and veget it was dumpling. super steamed. cheap as
2: well, so props to yeah.
0: God. Look in hindsight, I, sh- I should have had more <laughs> self-respect. But you guys know me; I don't have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You're willing to
3: go back there, for- and you're defending it. You're defending yep. the. <laughs> I don't. That's what I don't get. <laughs> I, yeah, I like, have a complex it now. It punched you in the face, and you're like, "It's alright, though.
0: It's a good Dublin." That's what it's us, uh, you
1: know, us millennials <laughs> are like, right? Yeah, it's just like we're, we're fine with anything. You know? I, 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 I I a
0: delicious meal that could have okay. killed me—that's a millennials' dream Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay <I'll> give <laughs> I you was that. Living I my best give life that. and almost my best death. Um, <laughs> almost, but yeah. Back to these controllers. I I'm hoping that when they bring out the uh the new PS5, I guess whatever you want to call it, it probably would not have a name change. it would just be the same thing. Um, I'm hoping they bring out a bunch of colour variants because, yeah, it's a bit plain right now. And obviously with Sony becoming very uh litigious towards places making faceplates.
3: Oh, look at you using the word
0: litigious. I'm proud of you. I got, I, I, The staple gave Ooh. me powers. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> you threw me off, Simon. Fuck. I'm sorry. Um, litigious. I think, you know, they've definitely got plans for their own faceplates. So I'm hoping they get announced. Maybe. Maybe when the the new console comes out. Or maybe even E3 time. That would get me excited. Give me some face plates. Give me some weird ones. Let me make it green. That's all I want. All right. Simon, you ready? You done some stretches? I am.
3: All right. Uh, Okay.
0: uh, Everyone, Simon uh, is going to talk about the Final Fantasy Fan Fest. All right, so F-F-F-F. We- wait, wait, <laughs> hold up, hold up. I'm, I'm not just letting you out the gate, okay? Aww. The horse doesn't decide when to bolt. <laughs> okay, I gotta open that little gate and let you run. Keelan, give me a favor. He Get your phone. <laughs> okay. All right. And I want you to put five minutes in there. All right. All right. Countdown timer. Okay, countdown timer five minutes. Simon is oh gonna talk about. The Final Fantasy Fan Festival. Were they.? <laughs> Were they- <laughs> I've only got five minutes. You've only got five minutes. you got to make a count. I told you That's to take not notes. enough.
2: It's enough. Once well, once your time is up, I'm going to raise my hand like this. Say, si.
0: <laughs> that's very polite
3: of you, Keelan. Thank you.
0: And then, like they do at like the Oscars, when somebody gives a speech that goes too long, at five minutes we're all going to start humming different songs. Okay. <laughs> yes, over the top of you. Oh, so you're going to yeah. talk about Final, Final Fantasy. You have five minutes. I want you to speak from the heart. Speak true.
3: If only got 14 minutes, that'd be
0: great. <laughs> it would be, but you know, it would be. Here we are. So- <laughs> Ready? Yes. Three, two, one,
3: go. All right. So we had the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest over Saturday and Sunday. So that was two days of basically 10 plus hours of a live stream from Tokyo. The first time they've ever done a digital version. They normally travel to, uh, they do one in Japan, they do one in Europe, and they do one in America as well uh, to promote the new expansion and provide some information. So, we got a whole bunch more information about the upcoming expansion, Endwalker. We got the full trailer, we got a bit more information as to what's going to happen story-wise, and it looks incredible. I'm so fucking excited. It is unreal. We found out about a new job, so... um We found out during the last media presentation that we're going to get a new healer called Sage. And we found out about the new melee DPS class called Reaper. And basically, it's as edgy as you would expect. It wields a scythe, you summon a void sent avatar demon thing, and it buffs your attacks and you look really cool while you do it. Um, (laughs) And that was sort of the main stuff from day one. We also found out about pre-order bonuses and uh, a new playable race um, being added to the game, which will be the male Viera. We've had female Viera since the start of Shadowbringers, but now we're getting the male version. Day two um, started off with the producer letter from the producer live, um, which gave us more information about the upcoming patch 5.55, uh, which is set to release next uh, Tuesday. So exactly a week from uh, when this episode goes live. And we found out about sort of the upcoming schedule, content schedule, up until the release of Endwalker. Endwalker is set to come out in November. Um, So we've got stuff coming, basically, to keep us entertained the whole time. We've got six months. Um, And then also, we found out about two super cool collaboration items that we are getting. We're getting a Citizen and Final Fantasy XIV collaboration in the form of a watch. So there are two watches. There's a darkness model and a light model. Um, and then also the arguably coolest thing I think I've ever seen is a limited edition final fantasy 14 fender collaboration. There will be a limited edition Stratocaster coming out, which is final fantasy 14 themed. It is also done in an effort to be uh, collabor- it's a collaboration. It's collaboration for Fender's 75th anniversary. And this guitar looks incredible. Um, and yeah, with uh, the new patch next week, we will also be having that added to the game as well. So we actually get to use the guitar in game, um, which yeah, I'm very happy about. the um, The second day concluded with a band performance. So the band, uh, the, the staff band, actually the Primals, um, so named after the the primal enemies from the game, which are basically well, what, what a lot of the summons. From previous Final Fantasy games, so your Ifrits, your um, Leviathans, your Titans, etc., um, are considered primals. Anyway, it's a staff band made up of members of the development team, including the absolute magnificent, magnificent, beautiful man Masayoshi Soken, who was the lead composer and sound designer for the game, and. At the end of the performance, when they were doing, um, you know, sort of a round of thank yous, half the development team came out and were saying thank you, and how appreciative they were of the players for giving them this opportunity, etc., cetera, et cetera. And then right at the very end, Soken dropped this bomb that he had been battling cancer for a year. And it was absolutely gut-wrenching watching this live. I was struggling to not cry. And then... <laughs> The camera panned, and you see Naoki Yoshida, Yoshi P, the uh, producer and director, just in tears. He was just sobbing, like on stage. He had his back turned to the camera because he was just crying that much. And after all the information was provided, Yoshi P sort of took a moment and was like, I'm just glad I've got my best friend back. And I sobbed, I was destroyed. I
0: I watched that, and that was was heartbreaking. That was beautiful. He's in remission now. Yes,
3: he is, thankfully, in remission. Not quite full remission yet, Um, but hopefully, you know, it only continues to be good news for Soken, because he has crafted some incredible music and sound effects, and just the sound design in Final Fantasy XIV is unbelievable. I go on about the gameplay and the story, but it cannot be understated how incredible this soundtrack is and you know he's crafted you know songs which on them like on their own have made me want to cry and I i'll know let him keep time, going yeah
0: i'll but- <laughs> let him keep going
3: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like it's just knowing that he wrote one of the best songs i've ever heard in a video game from a hospital bed whilst battling cancer in the middle of the COVID pandemic. It just adds layers to that song. And yeah, I absolutely beseech you to fucking play this game for the love of God. There is a PS5 version coming out um, that will start... Is there a free trial? yes (laughs) yes
0: <laughs> what Uh
3: hey, let me find the tweet no <laughs> so no, Simon, I won't, I won't Simon Simon's
0: uh, becoming a bit more active on Twitter as of late I am. Uh, a lot of Final Fantasy content this weekend but I will say that yes. I, I saw you tweet the um, the video from the end of the, the conference and I saw a lot of people mention it so I watched it and yeah that was genuinely hard. that was a really really touchy moment that was a beautiful moment they had and I kind of went backwards and I watched a few of the musical performances it's pretty kick-ass like Look, oh. I'm not a Final Fantasy fan. Um, so the Fan Fest did nothing for me. But seeing diehard fans of this game getting so excited was so cool. Um, also, two 10 hour long streams, I didn't know it was that much. Because yeah. when you first said normally we record these podcasts on a Saturday and a Sunday, but today we're recording on a Monday. And last week someone was like, hey, I may have to give the episode a miss because it's fan Fest." And I was like, Yeah, of course, it's fine. But I thought it was on Saturday, I'm just like, are you going to be, like, recovering on Sunday? I was really confused by it because I just assumed it's going to be, like, a two-hour thing on a Sunday night. Cool. No. So I was really confused why you weren't available on Sunday night. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to leave it. I, I just I just thought that you'd be, like, I don't know, just overwhelmed with emotion mm. still. And you I still mean, kind yeah, of yeah, are yeah, a little bit, like to be honest. Holy shit. Which <laughs> is why we had to trap you in that five-minute bubble <laughs> just in case. Uh, um, but but yeah. it sounds cool. It, that, that sounds like a really, really cool Amount of uh, new content coming. It's there is I'm very much, happy much,
3: much more that I didn't really go into much detail due to the understandable time limit, or else we'll be here all day. Um, but yes, if you have any sort of vague interest in Final Fantasy XIV, please play it. Um, the PS5 version officially starts service again next week with a new patch. Uh, there is a a beta version of it available at the moment. Um if you wish to try it out that way, and that has all the content from the free trial. So
0: was the Fanfest just for 14? Or the yes. for Final Fantasy of the whole?
3: It's just for Final Fantasy 14. Oh, okay. So I was wondering if
0: they uh, gave d- any any information about the the new one coming out.
3: No, no. All we know is that it is the same um so Yoshi P is I think the director of 16. It is his Ooh. team, so it's Creative Business Unit 3. Who are again this um a lot of the same team that work on 14, which is why I have such high hopes for 16. Like it,
1: it cannot it's really be
3: understated like- how much these developers have earned our trust as a player base. Like they've been nothing but open and honest and appreciative of us, and the respect is mutual, and you don't see that often. And it's it's just insane to me how much... Like, they were doing Q&A panels and interacting with us on a very, you know, personal basis and talking to us about things that they, they try and create these situations. Or, oh, I'm going to change the way this character model is standing so it looks better for you guys, so you guys can appreciate it more. And just little things like that. And the amount of love that they pour into this game, to the tiniest details for us for the players they just it, this is for you and it's unbelievable so i have full faith in anything that these guys touch like absolute complete faith in everything that they do and yeah again it's it's not often you see that so
0: that is true you're very, very happy and i'm very. I'm kind of, i kind of jealous. I wish games that I liked as much as you like Final Fantasy 14 had two day fan festivals. So Control <laughs> Get into fourteen, and there you go. You can- no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> not playing this goddamn game. <laughs>
3: Join me I on the hype train, Jesse. It. it is inevitable.
1: Speaking, Jesse, can we create a Far Cry Three fan fest?
3: Done.
2: Just you and
1: me. Hundred <laughs> percent. You and me, Keelan and Simon. Just all of us.
2: All right. I got an I'm idea. We go yeah. to a desert.
0: Island, right? Oh, okay. Can we- Ooh, okay, <laughs> go on.
1: <I'm> <laughs> and we bring along Christopher Mintz Plus.
0: Can and I get high know. in a lighthouse?
1: Yes. Yes, you can. All right. Well, I've I'd got my character set. There's no rules. Done and done. There's no, no rules. There's in far rule in the island. <laughs>
0: far Cry Three fan fest. I get not even Far Cry fan fest? Far Cry Three. Fest, but far cry 3. Um, we'll see yeah. you there in twenty thirty two. All right. Moving on to another beloved. Gaming franchise, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition dropped last last Friday, and I picked it up. I I, I would say Mass Effect me. is my biggest gaming blind spot, because unlike my other gaming blind spots such as like Halo, I've never played a single second of the Mass Effect trilogy. I didn't know anything about. It. I knew that there was some sort of uh, lizard man, and that you could kiss all the aliens. Okay. So that's neat pretty all you cool, need to know, it's a pretty cool sounding game. It really is. Um, so I, I play a little bit. I, I, I started on Saturday because I finished Resident I had to finish Resident Evil first, which, um, is, is, is a bizarre game. <laughs> uh, had to finish that before I started Mass Effect. So I'm not that far into it. I've just become, look, very minor spoilers for the first 1% of the game. I just became a Spectre and it was really, really cool. I really liked it. The key, actually before we get to you, Keelan. Uh, Lorne and Sai, you guys don't really have much history with Mass Effect, do you? Mm, no.
3: Um. Oh, sorry, you go. Uh, I was gonna say the most I've seen of it was a uh, a YouTube reanalysis of the original game. Um, someone uh, released a video about two weeks ago, and it was is Mass Effect as good as I remember. And yeah, we played through it, and I watched that hour and a half long video, and yeah. Think That's about right. it. Was it want? as good as they remembered? Was it? Um they said yes in terms of dialogue. Combat was a oh. bit iffy. Um, a <laughs> bit good, good answer. <laughs> and then the traversal in the in like your weird little space car was abysmal. <gasps> I get a, I get, a space oh, car? I get a space car?
1: A space car. Yeah. <laughs> do. Yeah. It's yes. horrible. The tank? It's the ho- tank it's horrible.
3: So don't river? look forward to it.
0: Whenever I think of space vehicle, I think Eggs. of that goddamn jelly bean car from Kingdom Hearts, whatever the hell it was. You oh, yeah. <laughs> make a goddamn spaceship out of blocks of gummy. Lego. <laughs> I like, what is this? That was Good weird. Time. uh Lauren, Mass um, Effect.
1: So I, back in 2012, I think, I played Mass Effect 2. Um... I played it for maybe about five hours. So at the time I was living with a couple friends and my ex and he was really into it and he was like, you got to play it, you got to play it. You know, it's, it's um, uh, like dialogue option based, you know, it's like it's space, it's cool, it's you can do whatever you want, you know, guns and romance and all that kind of shit. And I was like, heck yeah. And I played about five hours of Mass Effect 2 and I was like, you know, I think I want to go back and play one so I can actually like,
0: Formal connection. Up
1: with it, and three wasn't out yet at that point. I don't think. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't. And I started playing one, and I got about forty-five minutes into one, and I was like, I cannot play this one. I think it was just that it had reached that point where that was like too old, you know. After go after, after playing about five hours, Mass Effect two, I was going backwards. I just couldn't. It was really tough, and then I couldn't get into two after that at all either.
2: Mass, Mass Effect one was old and clunky when it came out.
0: <laughs> mm. yeah. it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it definitely like even the legendary edition yeah they fixed up graphically and it runs a bit better and stuff like that but my word it, it feels yeah. every bit of the age
1: really very excited so I was talking to Josh about this on the weekend and um, we were talking about all the games that we haven't got yet that have come out that we um we wanted to play and at first he was like oh Mass Effect can't wait to get Mass Effect Collection Like, I'm going to put so many hours into that now and I was like, yeah, I'm not really into it. And then we talked for a little bit about it. And I was like, wait, like the reasons why I didn't enjoy it was that when I played Mass Effect 2, it was already a few years old. And then when I went and played Mass Effect 1, that was like even older than that. But now it's, I everything mean, you know, obviously it's all updated and obviously it's still clunky as hell. But I'm excited to kind of go from the start again, but having it look good <laughs> or at least much better than what it is. And it looks better. better. I'm not going to...
0: There are some parts actually that are genuinely like, I was kind of like awestruck by them. The Citadel is
1: Mm.
0: a gorgeous location. When you first look up for the, when you look up for the first time and you see another planet, I don't know if it's Earth or not, you see a bunch of ships going over. That was a a jaw dropping moment. And I know this game has some very, uh, it's very photogenic, this game. I've been seeing a lot of photo stuff going up on social media and it looks amazing. But look, yeah, traversal this game is uh, shit. One of the things that really, really bugs me is your map. You can't toggle between levels in your map. So if you're on the second level of a, a building, you can't look to see what's on the first or third, even if you've been there. So if you're looking for a certain point of interest, you have to be on that, that particular level. To then look into your oh. map and find that it's there. And Dude. I'm slowly going insane doing that, trying to find the yeah. people to talk to and to, to finish like minor quests and all that. The gunplay is, uh, oh, it seems even, I, I imagine, when, when did, when did Mass Effect 1 come out? Roughly. 2007. There were better, ga- there were better shooting mechanics in
2: games. Like, like I said, them. man, that game felt clunky and dated the moment
0: it came out. So like the combat, I, I wish I could just skip somehow because while everything felt clunky, even when it first came out, the dialogue in this game is incredibly well done. I have not played someone like this. I'm only like an hour in. I have not played. Seth Green? Sorry?
1: Does it still have Seth Green?
0: That's who it is. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I know that voice. I know that. God damn it. Seth Green. Okay, cool um and i i feel like the captain i know the captain's voice as well i'm slightly oh, yeah, getting used to there's, there's um, a lot of characters
2: it's uh the arbiter from halo 2 um david something no the guy with the voice everyone oh, knows the guy, guy with the, the voice. voice yeah yeah, voice. yeah. The, uh, he was in um christopher Walken. no he was in um community he played alroy Yeah, he was that. in season six of Community. Know. Elroy
0: oh, Jenkins. <laughs> no, I have no clue. just look, well, I'll look it f- up. Look it up. Um, yeah. the dialogue choices are so natural, and I don't, I'm not. I don't play many games that have dialogue trees in them because they're just not the type of games I usually play. I don't normally play. You know, there's more narrative-focused single-player Sony games. I'm a Sony fanboy. Um, so I don't play many many things with dialogue choices, but the ones I have played have always felt clunky. You pick your option. There's like half a second delay, like out of wilds. You pick your option, what you want to say. And it doesn't quite mesh with what they just said. It doesn't quite mesh with mm-hmm. what's going to be said. It's, it's there about it so. Off. This feels natural. It, it feels like every option I, I could have chosen would have just gone to the next line perfectly. It's so well written. It does an annoying thing, though, where you're three, you're given three options and then you pick one and they don't say that exact same thing. Like, sometimes there'll just be an action. like, mm. oh, no, I wanted you to say that. But it's, whatever, it's I, I understand. It's the intent it conveys, behind it, yeah. Rather than, yeah. The way I describe this game, um, when it comes to it, it's the love people have for the characters. Because, I mean, I have not seen... I've seen the same love Simon has for Final Fantasy displayed by a bunch of people on, on Twitter recently with Mass Effect you like,
3: underestimate my power
0: sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, like the love of mass effect is there and people have such a connection to the like the stories that they created and the characters and it kind of makes sense I mean, there's so much like mass effect merch and clothing and stuff like that like clearly it had an impact that i just wasn't involved in um i can see why because while most get ga- a lot of games nowadays go to be cinematic you remember you know it's like a it's like playing a film so you remember these set pieces You remember certain moments. Mass Effect already feels more like a TV series, where it's giving you—it's—it's a slow burn, but you're getting way more invested into what makes characters tick. So while I don't care for the combat stuff of that, I'm already super invested in my characters. Like I, when Shep, Shep fam Shep, when Shep becomes a uh uh spectre. That was a really cool moment, and the, like the the cogs I had to turn to get there, it felt cool. It felt earned, and I'm like, wow! Like, I with other games, in a moment like that after you know an hour or two into it, you've got no connection at that point to a character, really. In this, I am, I am on board. I don't. It sunk it's sunk season to me. It's not my type of game, but it's so well written. This is peak Bioware. And not being a Bioware fan, like, I didn't really play Dragon's Age either. I've never understood the, the love of that studio. I get it now. This game's incredible.
2: You know, you brought up something really interesting just there, Jesse. Um, the reason why that Spectre thing, when you finally become a Spectre, hits so hard is because the game spends all of the time ahead of that telling you about the structure of, like, the, the galaxy. Yeah. and it tells you this is the power structure this is the the universe as we know and understand it right now and this is why you becoming a spectre is important this is why it's a big deal and that makes it feel like a big deal a lot of the time in a game you have like skyrim you're like oh hey, you're the dragonborn now you must go and shout dragons and shit <laughs> like it doesn't fucking matter like it means yeah. nothing cuz you don't understand the context in which it lies but in mass effect they make that very clear it's so powerful
0: and even the characters you meet and, you know, form part of your squad are established. Like when you first meet Rex, he was already doing his own thing. It's kind of like if you weren't there, his story would have continued. He wasn't mm. just beginning to be like, oh, I should help save the universe. He was like, no, nope, I've got a job. I'm already halfway there. Do you want to help out? Sweet. I really like that. These characters, because they already feel established, it's easier to form a, a bond with them because you understand how complex they can be. I have a lot of issues with a lot of the systems, like the squad system. I still don't understand it, the way that the journal updates are put through. The upgrading and buying system, I got no clue about that. I, I, I spoke to some sort of uh, bug lady, uh, and she's trying to sell me stuff, and I don't know what I need to buy. I found a man who was scanning these bugs, in this in the middle of the street. Very suspicious yeah. to me. Didn't like he had him. The quest. He had the quest. the bugs for him. I don't want to scan these bugs for him because he was too close. I thought he was milking it. Nice. You can't milk (laughs) a bug alien in the streets. Not that you know. It's a lot. They're
2: robots, so it's okay.
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm playing Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) I I genuinely feel like a very small part of a very large system.
1: But I can also work my
0: way up, and I like that. I don't know. This is, this game just kind of ticked a few boxes. I didn't think it would tick for me. I like it. Keelan, are you gonna being a Mass Effect fan? Are you gonna sink into Legendary Edition when you get a chance? I'll
2: pick it up when it's on sale. Um, I'm not gonna pick it up anytime soon because I know what kind of time investment these games require, and I actually do want to play
0: it. How long is I tried- Mass Effect gonna take me?
2: Uh, you know, 20, 25.
0: twenty five. I'm maybe? not gonna finish, I'm not gonna finish all three. Am I? I'd love if
2: you did because it's it's a really great experience, especially mm. Mass Effect 2. I feel like there's a lot at stake. And that's that's what this game does really well. It it says like there's a lot that can go wrong. There are a lot of consequences based on the choices that you make, and then it actually shows you the consequences. I it's real and you can't go
0: back. If I can get through number one, I'll play all three because I've heard not like I've heard so much praise for Mass Effect 2. That's the one that every poll I see. That's the one people looking forward to playing. So, yeah, I think if I get through one, and they're going to also see my <laughs> choices transfer over to number two, which yeah. is something you don't get in other yeah. games. Like I don't, don't. think yeah. I've played a game that's done that. Uh, just to see sort of my, uh, you know, agency and ownership over these choices actually have consequence. It sounds like mm. really. I'm in for a really, really cool story here.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a fantastic story, and you you understand the appeal. It's the characters and stuff. I also want an
0: excuse to buy one of those cool N7 jumpers because I see people with all this cool like N7 like merch. I'm like, oh, mm. I want to wear it, but I can't.
1: I want to be part of that family. I want
0: to be part of the Mass Effect family. You can wow. be. You,
2: you know, Jesse, we've preached this before. You know, you can be a fan of a thing on in on your terms, so you yes. don't have to be part of the
0: family. It.
2: So, uh, dude, uh,
0: um, I, I, I things are right. <laughs>
2: I don't, I don't know if you experience this because I don't know what the, like the, um, the setup is for the Legendary Edition. But like, I, I, at first, I kind of bounced off Mass Effect because I'm like, this is real clunky and this like frame rate drops and it feels jerky and weird to play. Um, back in the Xbox 360 days, frame rate so seems it's good. A bit strange. Mechanically,
0: this seems pretty sound. Um, no,
2: but but this version fixes all of that. So yeah. you know if there's you know any qualms <gasps> oh, with it.
0: Also, soundtrack. Incredible. Well,
2: this is this is what I'm gonna get to. So um I played it at first and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Got up to the Spectre Part. And I'm like, oh fuck yeah. Okay, this is interesting. This is cool. The Citadel, this is awesome. And then I started reading the journal entries, like the database about the world that they've established and how huge and well thought out and like detailed it was. I'm like, fuck, this is crazy. Every one of these people that I go up and talk to, um, they have a story. There's a reason why they're like that. I don't know if you've been to um, the room in the Citadel, but there's an Alcor there. And they are like those weird, they, they're they like um, quadrupedal. They don't have mouths and they just, they speak. In oh, that's what the alcohols are. Because yeah,
0: they- a, when you do a lift, there's like a news announcements, and there's one that's like they've converted Hamlet into Alcor so that humans can then uh, judge Hamlet by his deeds, not his emotions. I'm like, okay, I need to find out what the Alcor are because clearly they communicate in a different way.
2: Yeah, they, they, because they have zero affect to their voice, it is all monotone. And they have no facial expressions. So you can't read their tone. So they have developed a way to communicate with humans. They state the, what their intent is first. So they'll say like a uh, joyous upward inflection. And then they'll say <laughs> it, like the, the phrase that they're going to say. And it's yeah. so unusual and weird. I found stuff like that. And i, I I'm like that. like, oh man, this is, this is weird. This is unusual. But I still wasn't sold. So the next time I logged back into Mass Effect, I sat at the title screen and all the title screen is, it's the earth rotating with the moon in the top right corner. Beautiful, And it's got um, this music, this gentle sci-fi synth playing that is just so it's like, it's establishing a whole other world, like this entire universe. And it, it's, it's mysterious and, and deep and, and, and a bit intimidating and it's just the most beautiful thing. I just, I sat there for like five minutes, just listening to this music, watching the earth rotate. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in. I'm so I, I was this kicking
0: back it. last night playing Pokemon Snap while listening to that music. Yes. Very, very, bizarre, very strange mixture of things, but it was very, very cool. Um, yeah. so what we'll do, I think maybe, maybe in the next few weeks, maybe we'll, uh, we'll touch back onto Mass Effect we and we'll kind of see where I'm at. Maybe I got stuck into playing Biomune. Maybe i decide to play more Eternal and actually try and beat it because that game's goddamn maybe, impossible. Maybe you decided
3: to check out Final Fantasy XIV, the critically acclaimed MMORPG. <laughs> as <laughs> long as I get <laughs> the Free trial, which you can play through the entirety of A Realm Reborn and the award-winning expansion Heavensward, up to level 60 for free with no restrictions on playtime.
0: Level 60? Oh, uh, no, you I'll only play against level 61, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awkward. All right, on that awkward, awkward You know what note. game
1: has a really good menu sound Far Cry
0: 3, come to our island.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's spooky. No, actually Fallout 4. Fallout 4 has a really good menu. Like Jack, the, Jack the, 3. The home screen.
2: The main menu. The home- yes, yeah, the, agreed.
1: The main menu like that song I literally yeah, I I did the same where I, I had it on the um I had it on, but I was like cleaning the house. <laughs> Cause I was like, dude, this this rocks. Like I love like okay, it doesn't rock. Oh. It's not hi it's not, it's not rock music, but like, dude, it's nice. Have you guys been it's to nice atmospheric music?
0: Have you guys been to like a video game orchestra? Like a symphony? Not yet, no. but I will no. one day. All right. Next time a good one to- comes along, I'll shout out because they're amazing. Me and my partner have been to a few we actually flew to Sydney for a Pokemon one a few years ago just because of are My, they're um, that my good. workmate,
1: my, my Pokemon Snap buddy at work, um, he said he went to one as well. He went to a, a Pokemon orchestra and he cried. And I was like, they, I would have cried too. I would have, the emotions would have flowed, man. Oh, yeah.
0: They they. Tap into something deep inside your brain that you know you it's have. You.
1: Like someone but, just like gets into your throat and your heart, and you're like, "What?"
0: I, I watched one, and at the end, back they had two of the best, like, soul caliber players in Australia fight live—not like fist to fist, but actually in the game <laughs> on the big screen. <laughs> they had them brawl in the car park. Besides, the but they had <laughs> they, they they did a, a a fight on the screen while the orchestra played live to it. Oh my gosh. And it was the most hype I've ever been because it came down to like a tiebreaker match and the music was just swelling up and people were out there fucking chairs. It's a symphony, sit down. <laughs> like, yeah, it was so hype. So I think, yeah, it? next time one of those things roll around, we'll, uh, we'll go, but speaking of going, it's time for us to go. That was all right. That was a pretty good segue for yeah, myself. You know. I, I, I segued myself then. Now, if you want to listen to more fucking awful segues, we're on spotify and itunes (laughs) subscribe and leave us a review as always a big thank you to fan critical podcast network for their support you can also catch all of their great podcasts on all good podcasting platforms if you want to keep up to date with all the gaming news storymodegaming.com you can follow us on social media at facebook twitter and instagram at storymodeaus we're also on twitch which is where we record these podcasts live we also do a bunch of streaming of Final Fantasy, Monster Hunter, Fortnite, Apex, Age of Mythology lately. Well, it's been a bit of a weird one. Um, Uh, Just on the the note of the
3: Final Fantasy 14 streams, um, we're right at the end of A Realm Reborn. So we're basically in the last, like, two quests of the base game. So, if you want to tune in jump on board see what it builds up towards you know this is the
0: this what's is gonna the happen time. now going to listen to this podcast in like three weeks and then you're gonna be a liar so if you <laughs> listen <laughs> this in the in the same window of this episode coming out you can do that but yes, either way absolutely. give us a follow on twitch um and keep up to date with all the stuff we're going on we're gonna do we've got a bit of a slight tweak to a lot of things coming up soon um which i think you guys will all enjoy what's on patreon Just search fan critical chuck a couple of coins our way you get all sorts of bonus and goodies but with that Lorne Simon Keelan thank you for joining in. thank you thank you Any, anybody time um, everyone in the, in the uh, Twitch chat cheers joining in hang around we're going to talk some shit after the show as we always do everyone listening to the uh, show thanks for listening uh, stay safe play some games and we will catch you next time Bye. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Mwah, mwah, mwah.
1: Let's play Overwatch.